I bet people hated you in middle school too. Oh, absolutely. I people had no hated friends. me. <laughs> I was a chubby little nerd and then I decided to be a cheerleader and then I got skinny and mean. I had a fear of taking my jacket off. Really? <laughs> Even in like 100 degree weather. Did this fear preside until high school? I think it presides now. I've always seen you in a jacket. <laughs> what are you hiding in there? I don't know what it is. It's like a cumber thing. It's She's like... got like her twin hanging off of her back. <laughs> this is my little friend. It's my other sister. I didn't mention the sibling. Oh my God. Her name's Banana. <laughs> Savannah and Banana. Hey, I'm Nicola. Coming at you not live is Savannah. And we are two... Blunt Broads. Blunt Broads. Hello. How are you? Hello. hello. Doing all right. How are you? I'm fan-fucking-tastic. How's your week been so far? So, you know, a little busy, but, you know, it's going. Time moves along. I feel like it's been going really fast this year, also. I can't believe it's, like, kind of mid-February now. I know. I'm surprised by how quickly time is going, also. It's the middle of February, Almost, and it's still cold outside. This is extremely, uh, yeah. This is uh, two blunt broads at night. Two blunt broads at night. <laughs> two blunt broads Recording in the, in the evening. evening. Now, how do you feel about that, Savannah? I'm a real night owl. That's how I live and breathe. Yeah, I had to take some extra ADHD medication to make it this late that into the evening. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. that I'm prescribed. <laughs> We will start by saying I have my maintenance (laughs) dose and I have my booster dose. I decide whether or not I want to take my booster dose. And today I decided to take my booster dose. Um, Yeah, I like starting my days like at night sometimes. I don't. (laughs) See, I'm such a morning person. Like, Cannot relate. I wake up so early in the day and I have to get my day going and I have to get my day rolling. It's like my sacred time in the morning. Mm-hmm. I get up with the dogs. I check my email account. We talked about that last week. Yeah. See, part of that is having dogs too because you have to wake up and let them out and walk them. And well, I, you know, I don't have to walk my cat or my reptiles. No, you don't. You're lucky for that. Our dogs are really good about, like, they'll stay in bed as long as we're both in bed. But as soon as one of us gets up, it's like... They know you're awake. Yeah. Loose, and it's like, oh, it's time to go outside now. No, buds. It's not time to go outside. Um, right off at the top of the show, we uh, have to thank our new patron, Alex. Oh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex, for joining us as a MIDS donor. MIDS donors are $3 a month, and you get a nice little welcome package um, with some stickers and some pins and some happies, Mm -hmm. and then you get access to our private feeds, so our close friends on Instagram and our super exclusive Facebook group. 
um, you get access to those as a mids donor. So welcome to the club, Alex. We're so glad that you joined us. Very glad. Thank you for the support. Of yeah, course, always. Thank you for the support. And just, just so you all know, if you've you don't have any plans to subscribe to the Patreon or anything, just still go look at it because the names that Nicola made are fucking perfect. Yeah. They're so adorable. They're funny. We've got mids. We've got swag. We've got... <laughs> what else do we have? Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue and... Um, Sour Diesel, I Sour think? Diesel, yeah. yeah. Sour Diesel is the highest tier that you can subscribe to because it's the best weed I've ever smoked in my life. Yeah, I will say that Gorilla Glue got me too, though. But like, Oh, that Gorilla Glue is good. You ever gotten that Gorilla Glue like wax or oil? No, I got it in cones uh, <sighs> in Oregon. So we only need a few more stories to complete next week's side quest. Um, please. Yes, so fun. I know. Please email your stories into tubeluntbroads at gmail.com. We've kind of got a little theme going of sleep paralysis. That's fun. We'll always take your sleep paralysis mm-hmm. stories. We want your ghost stories. We want your true crime encounters. I dated a guy once that... Um, Went to visit his uncle in jail in upstate New York, and he borrowed a dollar for the vending machine from the guy from Amityville Horror. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> so I really want him to write in. Maybe I'll get a, maybe I'll reach back into my past and hit him up yeah. and see. Everybody's got little stories here and there, especially sleep paralysis. Everybody's got it. You know, most, 99% of people have a good sleep paralysis story, and I'm excited to exactly. see how they're all different and varying yeah we've gotten some really good ones so far so um keep putting those in the inbox please yeah keep getting those out there i think that's the end of like the news that we have to cover as far as the podcast goes but are you ready for some craziness savannah i am extremely ready I always stay ready, but I'm extra ready right now. (laughs) So I know the answer to this question already, but for the sake of continuity, I have to ask you, have you ever heard of the band Pantera? I have. You're talking that groove metal. I'm talking that (laughs) groove metal. That's right. I am. Of course. So, oh, where to start with this band? I feel like... I need to preface by saying Pantera is a metal band from Arlington, Texas, and you can kind of really just assume whatever you want about a metal band from Arlington, Texas. Mm -hmm. I will say that Daryl Dimebag Abbott, the guy that we're going to be talking about tonight. Mr. Dimebag. Mr. Dimebag, for short, um, played a Confederate flag guitar. Oh. Yeah. And Did not the know that. lead singer of Pantera since, and I'm going to cover this at the tail end of the story, but um, since Dimebag's tragic death has done some really racist, fucked up shit. Hmm. So Daryl Dimebag Lance Abbott was born on August 20th, 1966 in Ennis, Texas. He was the second son of country music producer Jerry Abbott. He was the little brother to Vinnie Paul Abbott. Little Vinnie. Little Bitty. Um, and if you look at the two of them together, it's truly like big brother, little brother shit. Like mm-hmm. you can see it. And the story is heartbreaking because it does involve the murder of a brother in front of his brother. Oh, and no. Yeah. I want to really like push into the beginning of this narrative that 
Daryl and Vinny are brothers. They started a band together as brothers. And that's like really fundamental to their relationship and the relationship in this band. I imagine. So in 1979, Vinny and Daryl's parents divorced and the boys moved into their mother's ranch style home in Arlington, Texas. So Abbott took up the guitar when he was 12 he learned it from his dad, who actually learned Kiss songs to help teach Daryl how to play. So he would learn the riffs to the Kiss songs. That's kind of cute. <laughs> it's really sweet. Before he even knew how to play the guitar, he would stand in front of his mirror in Ace Freely style makeup and just hold the guitar and look at himself. Mood. Mood. Such a mood. Like, <laughs> such a firm mood. Yeah. And I love that. He looked cool as fuck, I bet. I bet it did. So he got the chance to learn for some, from some country musicians in his dad's studio, too. I think Bugs, Bugs something or other, I can't remember what his name was, a famous, like, blues musician, taught him some riffs and whatnot. So Vinny started playing the drums way before Daryl got his first guitar. He said that Daryl played the drums once, and he was really bad at it, so Vinny never let him touch the set again. The first time that they played together. Drums aren't for everyone. No, drums aren't for everyone. And Vinny was really good at them, and he kind of just took it up, so they fell into their places. Daryl fell into the guitar, Vinny fell into the drums. The first time that they played together, they had a jam session. A jam sesh, jam if sesh. you will. Mm -hmm. Jam sesh that lasted for six hours, and all they played was Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, exactly. Um, so Vinny said later in an interview that he and his brother were inseparable as soon as they started to play music together. Was this when they were probably living with their parents? They were I'm living with their mom in Arlington. Imagine. They were teenagers. They just had to endure this six-hour jam sesh of the same song. That sounds like my personal <laughs> hell. Like, their yeah. poor mother, can you fucking but imagine what support to put up with oh, that oh she was so supportive she was so supportive of all of their endeavors that's the one thing i learned from pantero's wikipedia page is that Vinny and daryl had a very supportive mother love that i do them. yeah i love mm -hmm. that too so um eventually in high school daryl got way good at the guitar and he entered his first competition he won and within the year, he was winning so many guitar competitions that the judges asked him not to participate anymore so that they could judge other kids. Wow. So That's how was, you know you really made it. <laughs> yeah, he was good at the guitar, and he was good for Arlington, Texas. So in 1981, Vinny and Daryl formed Pantera with some classmates of theirs. Eventually, they landed with the lineup of the two Abbott brothers, vocalist Phil Anselmo and bassist Rex Brown. They started as a hair metal band, kind of like Shout at the Devil era Motley Crue. <laughs> like, hair metal, we're yeah. thinking like big makeup, uh -huh. big hair, tight pants, long tongues. Long tongues, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> so it's reported that around this time, like shortly after hair metal, they released three albums as a hair metal band. It didn't really work out for them, so they moved into what was called groove metal. Yeah. yeah. 
I've never heard of this. So I forced myself to sit down this morning and listen to Pantera until I understood what groove metal was. And I think I really understood it with the song Walk. Mm-hmm. Like the way that it's like just driving. It's very Metallica like where you're like has that, that 80s like 70s, 80s groove kind yeah. of influence on it. But super, super heavy. So whatever that was, they got huge. They really pioneered this kind of genre. They released several albums at this time. They got big, they got huge, they did their thing. Mm -hmm. Phil, the lead singer, was suffering from chronic back pain at the height of their celebrity, essentially. And eventually his back pain devolved into a pill addiction, devolved into a heroin addiction. Who's the bassist? No, the lead singer. Oh, okay. Yeah. They ultimately split in 2003 with the release of their last album, The Best of Pantera. Well, that's letting you know they're they're on their way out. Mm-hmm. So I already mentioned that Dimebag played the Dixie Rebel guitar. It's a famous guitar. I think it's really important because it helps contextualize the band as a southern metal band because it makes me struggle to think of a southern metal band that doesn't have something controversial about them that they've said or done right it really pins down this kind of devil may care attitude that these motherfuckers have that's like not cool it's not right it's not okay but it's it's this mindset of like i'm hurt therefore i must hurt let me try to be edgy as possible yeah, so I think it's really important to bring it up because it's the elephant in the room anytime that you bring up Pantera to a group of people. Uh, Jane put it very aptly earlier when she said that people will just stare at you until you acknowledge that they've done some racist shit. I literally had no idea. Well, yeah, it's like, I didn't either until I started researching this and Byron was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And he was like, you don't know. And I was like, I don't know what. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, or to be known. So after Pantera split, Daryl was super dejected. He felt that all of his work had been ripped out from under him. So Vinny and Daryl got back together again. They kind of hit the drawing board. And they went on to form a band called Damage Plan. This band would ultimately become Daryl's final project. It's a cooler name. Way cooler name. They recorded one album and they toured nightclubs in an effort to kind of build a fan base. So the majority of 2004 for Damage Plan was spent touring to promote their first album, Newfound Power. On April 8th, 2004, a Pantera fan named Nathan Gale interrupted a Damage Plan set in Cincinnati, Ohio by jumping onto the stage and causing $1,800 worth of damage to lighting and other stage equipment. 911 was called and they really urged the band to like press charges against this guy. They were like, right. you know, he vandalized your property. You need to like press charges. This is all all sorts of things, all sorts of legal jargon. Um, but Damage Plan decided not to press charges on the incident because they didn't want to have to come back to Cincinnati for court. Completely understandable. Yeah, I get a ticket in fucking Tennessee. Like, you better put a warrant out for me right away because I am not coming back for <laughs> yeah, court. Yeah. <laughs> the band uh, was really unfazed by the incident. 
And when it happened, when Gail kind of stormed the stage, one of the band members reportedly quipped into the microphone, I'd like to introduce to you the fifth member of the fucking band. Uh, yes, yeah, it's a good joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> it is a good joke. So, on December 8th of 2004, this is a couple months later from that April incident, Damage Plan had a show in Columbus, Ohio at the Al Rosa nightclub. They were headlining. Uh, they had two local bands opening for them. The venue had a 600-person capacity, but the show had only sold 250 tickets at around $8 a ticket. So not very full. Yeah. Volume Dealer and 12 Gauge were the name of the opening acts. And while they were playing, club manager Rick Cotula and some other people noticed this guy hanging out in the parking lot. This guy happened to be Nathan Gale, the guy that had stormed the stage in April. Gailey, you're starting to weird me out. Yeah. So he was an ex-Marine. He was a construction worker. He lived in Marysville, Ohio. He was six foot three. He weighed more than 250 pounds. He wore thick glasses. And that night he had on a Columbus Blues jacket, blue jackets, sorry, Columbus blue jackets, hockey jersey over a hoodie, which is just a scary look. Like, I don't he like... sounds terrifying you know, <laughs> without knowing what kind of jacket he was wearing, even. <laughs> well, the hockey jersey over the sweatshirt is, yeah. like, a really intimidating look for me. That's like a Canadian yeah, thug. True, like, that guy's going to come beat your ass. An ex-Marine construction worker, larger dude, too. All of it sounds yeah, a little aggressive. A little aggressive. So some fans in the parking lot reportedly asked him why he was outside, to which he responded, I don't want to see no shitty local bands. I'm going to wait for damage plan. All right. (laughs) Very rude for 12 Gauge and what's the other band's name? Give 12 Gauge a Volume Dealer. Volume Dealer. Come on. Volume Dealer apparently was like they were all ex-army guys and they were like combat fatigues on stage and they were like a hardcore band. <laughs> Sounds pretty fucking cool. I would Vibes. see Volume yeah. Dealer. <laughs> I, that's like right up my alley. Like you guys don't even know what kind of music I listen to. You don't even want to know. You don't even want to know. So the club manager, Katula, kind of pegged him as harmless, but he was still harmless without a ticket. So he said to the article in Rolling Stone, he was just a crazy fan trying to talk to members of the band. One of my guys that helps us set up eventually told him to leave. So the club manager tells him to leave. Right. Did the via one band of his recognize guys. him? Yeah. No, the band didn't recognize him. Um, he was trying to, like, he was talking to people about how he wanted to go in and talk to Damage Plan, and he just needed to talk to them. Right. Um, just kind of being weird to the other patrons of the venue yes so he left he did as he was told but as soon as damage plan took the stage at 10 15 p.m he scaled the six foot high fence and rushed into the club through a side door so i've thought about this Man's a lot desperate <laughs> yeah and you hear six foot high fence and you're like oh my god that's so scary he was six foot three like he was taller than that fence oh. so he just had to boop pop uh-huh. over it Nathan left, but as soon as Damage Plan took the stage at 10.15, he scaled the six-foot-high fence and rushed into the club through the side door. He walked past the crowd, the bar, the pool tables, and the sound booth, and he came to the left side of the stage. 
The crowd, who had grown close to 400 people at that point, thought that he wanted to stage dive. This was about 90 seconds into the first song of the set. Mm -hmm. So you're in a huge crowd. There's two to 400 people there. Right. What time era is this? This is 2004. Okay. Gotcha in the early 2000s. You're in the early 2000s. Of course, they're going to assume you're trying to stage, stage dive. I mean, that's what I would assume. Like, I went to a metal festival this year, and I remember being high as shit in the fucking mosh pit during a weed eater show. And <laughs> <laughs> weed eater's what really heavy, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there, like, five blunts in... Literally, I smoked five months during that show oh to the face God. by myself. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, this mosh pit's getting out of control. Like, when is security going to come in? My doesn't have security. There's no security there. So people in black T-shirts kept rushing into the mosh pit. And I was like, oh, thank God, somebody's finally Security's here to break it here. up. <laughs> no, they would just start slamming. And I would yeah. be like, what the fuck That's is going wild. on? So it's a really chaotic environment, like being in the pit at a metal show. With my low tolerance these days, could not imagine experiencing that after five months. Oh blunts. my god, yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. We had a really good yeah, time. I but... It sounds like a, a banging ass time. I'd <laughs> love to do that. So I'm going with you next year. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I can't wait for next year. But um, it's just like a chaotic as fuck environment. And I wouldn't notice if someone had a violent intention and was moving in a way that they were like meaning to fulfill that violent intention versus someone that's just like getting some shit out in the pit Mm -hmm. like those are really those lines get really blurred so i can understand how 400 people would just see this huge dude moving through a crowd and be like oh he just wants to stage dive so the lead singer for volume dealer saw Gail enter the club and he stated later in an interview the dude was way determined he was on a mission and he looked angry way determined yeah he was walking like he was going into battle wow i mean i don't know if he knew he was in i think any branch of the military or not but well i think these volume dealer guys they were all military guys like i said before so they have that mentality anyway Uh so once on stage, Nathan drew a 9mm Beretta handgun. He shouted something about Pantera, which couldn't be heard over the sound of feedback. Later reports say he shouted, you broke up Pantera. <laughs> so he moved forward. Gail shot Dimebag Daryl point blank in the head while he was ha- headbanging. He was completely blindsided. Wow. He was shot four times, one in the right cheek, the left ear, the back of the head, and the right hand. Going right for the head there. Yeah, he shot him point blank in the head while he was headbanging, like, in the middle of a fucking song, 90 seconds into a song. Yeah. He comes up on stage and he shoots him Kind of in crazy the head. how he was, you know, at one point in the crowd saying, I'm just ready to see, I forgot the name of the new Damage band. Damage Plan, Damage yeah. Damage Plan. Um... But then gets up there and hates him. Well, we're going to find out a little bit more about Nathan Gill in a second. But 
the manager that we've mentioned so many times before, Catula, thought that fireworks were going off. The crowd thought that the speakers had popped or that somebody had fired a cap gun. One security guard said, I thought they were playing a big gimmick. People were pumping their fists thinking it was a hoax. So the manager yeah, kept pouring drinks. Show or something. Yeah, they all thought it was a part of the show. So the rest of the band obviously knows this isn't a part of the show, and they stop. Vinny gets up from behind his drum kit. That was his brother that he just saw get shot in front of him. That's horrible. Vinny runs back to actually Daryl's bunk. And he lays in his bed and cries until authorities get there. Yeah. So it's just a really tragic story. But, God, Gail turned from the band and began shooting into the crowd. He next shot the tour manager, Chris Palaska, in the chest before damage plan security chief Jeffrey Mayhem Thompson tackled him from behind. Thompson was fatally shot in the chest, the back, and the upper thigh during the struggle. And that was just a attendee of the show? That was their security their sec- guard. So he yeah. was aiming at people involved? He, now people were coming at him. Okay, gotcha. So he was on stage. He shot Daryl. Um, people now realized what was going on and were coming at him and he's shooting into the crowd. So people are going at him, trying to disarm him and he's just shooting blindly yeah. into the crowd. I don't know if I could say I would go towards somebody armed if I, yeah. But this is a bunch of ex-military guys. Yeah, like I guess this so. is a bunch yeah. of ex-cops, ex-military guys. You have to understand the people that are on the metal scene. Uh-huh. Like, especially in the south like these are people that have been through some dark shit and sometimes that entails being in these jobs a good point especially in the south yeah so nathan bray not to be confused with nathan gale different nathan he was a 23 year old damage plan fan he leapt onto the stage and started trying to resuscitate dimebag and thompson mayhem um, he was immediately shot in the chest and died. Oh. Aaron, oh, that's horrible. I know. Poor baby. And he was just 23. For the cause of his band he loved. Exactly. Aaron Stony Hawk, a 28-year-old club employee who either assisted Thompson or charged Gale while he was reloading, was fatally shot six times. Four times in the chest, once in the hand, and once in the leg. Travis Burnett a member of Volume Dealer's road crew attempted to disarm Gale and was grazed by a bullet on his left forearm. Burnett fled when subsequent gunshots were aimed at his head. Drum tech John Cat Brooks then attempted to subdue Gale. He was shot twice in the leg and taken as a hostage. Responding to a 911 call that was placed three minutes earlier, Columbus police officer James Nigemeyer entered the club through a backstage door and shot Gale once in the head with a 12-gauge Remington shotgun, killing him immediately. Wow. At the time of his death, Gale had a half-full magazine in his gun and another 30 rounds of ammunition on him. Glad that didn't go through. Exactly. Uh, Glad it's unfortunate for what did happen, of course. I mean, it's five people. It's It was an awful, like, just a bloodbath. Yeah. There's no other way to explain it. I think this is 
important to note that an autopsy that was performed by the Franklin County Coroner's Office found no trace of drugs in Gail's system, prescription or otherwise. So he was 100% sober when he did this. So fans removed Dimebag Daryl from stage and they attempted CPR until paramedics arrived and pronounced him dead at the scene. He was 38 years old. Thompson and Hawk were also pronounced dead at the scene, while Nathan Bray was transported to the Riverside Methodist Hospital and was declared dead at 11.10 p.m. Palusco and Brooks were also transported to Riverside, where they ultimately survived and recovered from their injuries. Burnett received treatment at the scene, but ultimately denied transport to a hospital. Hmm. So who the fuck is this guy? Like, who the fuck is Nathan Gale? Yeah, what's his deal? What's his deal? Nathan Gale was born September 11th, 1979 in Marysville, Ohio. Born on September 11th? Yes. Born on September 11th. He was a wrestler in high school, but he transferred from his public high school to Marysville High School halfway through his junior year so that he could attend a vocational program to study construction and electrical work. He graduated from high school in 1998, and he moved in with his mother, Mary Clark, after graduation. He worked a variety of minimum wage jobs and quickly developed a substance abuse problem after high school. He often complained about being watched. His mother attributed this to his drug use. Sounds like there was uh, more than just the drugs going on, though. Is it mental stiff? Yes. But drugs can trigger that, too. Absolutely. Trauma from serving and all that. Yeah. Well, we haven't got to the serving yet, but after a violent confrontation with his mother led police to the house, Nathan was Nathan was thrown out of the home and supported himself through panhandling and theft until he agreed to enter a drug rehabilitation program. What drug was he on? I never found out. Huh. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like meth, but I don't know. It does, but I don't want to assume. Around this time, all of his encounters with law enforcement were somewhat mild. He had some trespassing charges from skateboarding as well as a charge for stealing from his work. In February 2002, spurred by the September 11, 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center. On his birthday. On his birthday, Nathan enlisted in the Marine Corps. Proud of her son's new career, Mary purchased the Beretta pistol as a Christmas present for Nathan after he completed basic training. Okay. Questionable choice there, Mary, but if you were already worried about him, I know. That's not a great present for your son that you're worried about. So Nathan was stationed in North Carolina at Camp Lejeune with the 2nd Marine Division until November 2003 less than halfway through the typical four-year-long enlistment program. Gail told his mother he'd been discharged due to a paranoid schizophrenia diagnosis. Mm. He returned home with medication, but he refused additional treatment. A spokeswoman for the Marine Corps declined to explain the reason behind Gail's discharge. Wow. So they don't want to say anything. Yeah. Um, When people don't want to say anything, it makes me extra wonder. Yeah, I, I really want wonder what happened about his time in the Marines. Like, he, he made it halfway through basic training before he got booted. Like, you have to be really fucked up not to make it through basic training. 
I I don't know. I've watched videos of basic training for the Marine Corps, and it's a fucking lot. Oh, really? A fucking lot. Like, yeah, man. I, I, if I up and decided to do that one day, I wouldn't make it through for, for goddamn sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I couldn't do it. After his discharge from the Marines, the Department of Veterans Affairs found Gail a job as a mechanic. He uh, informed his employer of his condition. At six foot three and weighing 266 pounds, Gail took up boxing and football after his discharge from the Marines. He joined the Lima Thunder a semi-pro team in Northwest Ohio as an offensive lineman, and he's reported to have been listening to Pantera during practice and games. Okay. He loved Pantera. Gail was a lifelong heavy metal Sounds fan. like it. Yes. He became obsessed with them in high school. He remained fixated on the band even after their 2003 breakup. So... All of these people that comment on him are referred to as his former friends, which I would not want to be associated with this guy either, so I understand it, but it's like, fucking own it, you knew him, like, he's dead now, just own it. He was yeah, a sick person. Like that- unless he was so fucked up that he'd done all this shit to have falling out with all of them before this yeah. even happened, which is possible. Yeah, that makes sense, but it's like when people disown people after they die and they're sick, it's like fuck you. You knew a sick person, like yeah, don't be ashamed of it. Nathan's former friend Dave Johnson told reporters that Gail had shown up at a mutual friend's house with Pantera lyrics that he claimed were his own, and that Pantera had stolen lyrics from him and were attempting to steal his identity. Many of his friends distanced themselves from him as behavior as his behavior grew increasingly erratic. He told his former friend Mark Brake that God was telling him to kill Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I'm thinking at this point he's probably not taking the meds that he was prescribed. Yeah, he declined uh, to take treatment after he got home from the Marines. Like he was yeah. like, Yeah, you guys can't feed me meds anymore. So people noticed around this time that he had started to talk and laugh to himself. And he would pretend to hold an imaginary dog. He lived across the street from a tattoo shop. And he would go in and bother the patrons. He would stare at the clients and engage in conversations about heavy metal music. Yeah. <laughs> Very tattoo shop-esque. Oh. Right. At the time of the shooting, Gail lived alone in an apartment, in an apartment over an abandoned storefront. Many of his neighbors recall that he was quiet and aloof and many noted the thick, dark-rimmed glasses that he wore. He'd been stopped multiple times for traffic citations and had been charged with criminal trespassing for both skateboarding and sleeping outside when he was homeless. Inside of his apartment, police found two handwritten notes, and one read, You'll see, come alive. I'll take your life and make it mine. This is my life. I'm gone. Get me. The Poetic, other, but confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> and it sounds, I think, some of these are Pantera lyrics. Okay, I was going to Like, say having spent the morning reading Pantera lyrics, I think these are Pantera lyrics. 
Because the other one read, you'll see the sky fall. I'll make pigs fly. Come on and give me some. Come on and give me some. Do it and die. Do it and die. Okay, those are song lyrics. As far as the motivation for the shooting goes, it was assumed that Gail was motivated by Pantera's breakup with initial reports claiming that he shouted, you broke up Pantera, or this is for breaking up Pantera before opening fire. But those statements have never been corroborated by club attendees and survivors of the event. Other people have speculated that a Metal Hammer interview with Phil Anselmo, the former vocalist for Pantera, that was published shortly before the shooting is the motivation because Phil says in the interview that Dimebag Daryl deserves to be beaten severely, quote unquote. Okay. Yeah, police found no evidence that Nathan had ever read the interview, however, and they also deemed it purely coincidental that the shooting happened on the 24th anniversary of the shooting of John Lennon. So that's another yeah, thing about it. People were like, was he like trying to like copy this or whatnot? Yeah. But they don't think that had anything to do with it. If anything, I think it's more coincidental that it happened on the like what six month anniversary of when he stormed the stage at their other show. Like Yeah, maybe so. Although he could have just that to the, day. the next opportunity. Oh, to the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly. So the interview um where Phil uh, says that Dimebag Daryl deserves to be beaten severely, I think deserves another mention because Vinny listened to it and he concluded that Phil wasn't joking about the severe beating. beating. He was like, okay, he was serious. And from that point on, he declined to speak with Phil or Rex Brown, their bassist, ever again until his death in 2018, actually. He never spoke with them. Do you know how how did he die? Oh, I don't know how he died. Um, he must have been younger too. It was twenty eighteen. Curious. Yeah, I think he was in his forties. Probably rock and roll lifestyle. Right. I'll do it to you. So Negamaya, the off-duty police officer that engaged in deadly force, was brought before a grand jury as part of standard procedure to determine if there had been any wrongdoing. And he was cleared of wrongdoing in May 2005. So he received a number of awards for his actions during the shooting. And he remained a first responder for three more years before becoming a robbery detective at the behest of his doctors who noticed that he was suffering from PTSD and severe anxiety from the event. He left the police department in 2011. He retired to another position within the city. He's doing fantastic. Um, The shooting raised a lot of concerns within the heavy metal community over concert security and the prevalence of fans leaping onto stage. So... And still got some work to do in the concert security... Oh, obviously. Department. Fucking (laughs) Astro World. Like, yeah... Yeah, well, that's one of these points that I make later on, but Anthrax guitarist Scott Ian, who's that guy with the sick beard, Uh you know, like the chin beard that just hangs down, said that his view of stage rushers changed after Abbott's murder, and he said that I don't give a fuck how much fun you're having, stay the fuck off the stage. So, fair enough. Good point, yeah. Immediately after the shooting, many concert venues tightened their security by hiring off-duty police 
officers as guards to check bags at the door and in some cases studying set lists to determine when fans may become rowdy. (laughs) By 2014, however, many metal bands noticed that uh, a lot of venues pressured by budget cuts stripped down their security protocol. Right. So all that was for naught because they've kind of undone everything that they've done. Yeah. They'll tighten up for a second after something happens and eventually it's just going to lose him back up until inevitably some other shit happens like the las vegas shooting yeah i mean lots of stuff it's that's a kind of common thing not common but not uncommon i mean it's it's sad that we have to prepare ourselves to protect one another against these mass shooting events in the united states yeah with anything going to school as a kid We'll address mm-hmm. that sometime, but. So the Al Rosa Villa nightclub was listed for sale in 2019 following the death of their founders, Al and Rosa. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's called the Al Rosa nightclub. Uh, <laughs> because their names were Al and Rosa. Yeah. Wow. Their children continued to operate the venue until 2020 when COVID forced them to close their doors for good. The building was demolished in December 2021, so like two months ago, to make way for affordable housing. So this is when we talk about Anselmo. And we talk about how during a 2016 tribute show called The Dime Bash... He got up on stage and closed out his set by screaming the words white power and making a Nazi salute. Oh, fuck. So he apologized. He said that he was making Uh, a joke about white wine. He said that it was the prevailing joke of the evening between him and his friends. That is the the dumbest fucking excuse I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so that's initially what he said. Then he came out and he made a more formal apology. But all of this is to say that these guys aren't fucking role models. Like, nobody's sitting up here saying, like, oh, my God, we need to think of Pantera as our role models. Oh, hell no. And and did the salute, too? Was that just, like, a little salute to the wine bottle? Like, what what did you, you know? Okay, so apparently (laughs) what had happened was there was a group of kids in the front row of the show that were heckling Phil, telling him he was racist, and... So he just put on he a little decided display to of prove racism. to them that he was racist. <laughs> right. He said, what's the ugliest thing that I can do right now? Um, and he did the ugliest thing that he could do. And I'm not excusing it. I'm not yeah, saying it's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying he fucking did it. And mm-hmm. we can't not mention that because we're talking about Pantera. And I think it's really important. We acknowledge they've done some fucked up shit. Does not mean that Dimebag Daryl was not an amazing guitarist, incredibly influential, and his life didn't matter. Yeah, and Pantera's a fairly well-known name. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I feel like there's a lot of people that maybe would know the name and not know any of I didn't know, and I I knew the name. I didn't know until yesterday. Like, I think that... I didn't know until right now. Whew. Anyway, that was fun. Are you shocked by the murder of Dimebag Daryl? I am. And slightly 
I this is a terrible word, but like inspired. But I just I just want to look into um, more details of similar crimes at, at music things like this. Yeah. So I I think I remember from the news, and I'll have to like double check on this. But the guy that did the Las Vegas incident not long ago, maybe 2019, I want to say. Yeah. Uh huh. I think he was as well sober and just kind of. Oh, yeah. did he get shot in the, um, like? I honestly can't to subdue him. Remember, I don't. Remember I feel like how that, was, that turned out. It either. was such a big deal when it happened, and maybe we'll bring that up next time to refresh everybody's memories on that tragic scenario. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people were shot in that. I think so, it was around forty something people. If Holy I'm not shit! Wrong. Yeah, because this this is. This was a I might tragedy. Be totally wrong this about was that. no. I feel like I'm not though. I think that number's stuck in my head. I don't know if you can Let's fact see. check me real quick on that. I can fact check you real quick. Sixty one people died. All right. So I was not over stretching that. Right. Holy and shit. You know, I remember seeing the story if he set up in the hotel. It was super, super premeditated. Uh Wow. There seem to be a bunch of reason, but yeah. Well, it was a tragedy. This was a tragedy. Five Absolutely. people needlessly lost their lives. I imagine um, the metal community was so affected by it too, because moshing and you know moshing gets kind of intense sometimes. With yeah, I mean I've been hit in the face on semi-accident. Yeah. I've throwing some punches around um that's how it happened so you don't want to like associate it with like death type of you don't want to associate a mosh pit with weapons right with weapons my number one thing like when i get in there and i'm trying to hurt somebody badly like yeah see the kind of like like that mosh culture i'm used to is like take for instance like last time i was at concert and there was a mosh pit some dude's wallet fell out of his pants and the entire pit stopped like they all stopped what they were doing to figure out who the fuck's wallet this was Mm -hmm. like that's what you think of when you think of like good metal Mm -hmm. like you think of like a bunch of scary dudes that are willing to love together and like just never any intent for anybody to get hurt i actually got into a thing the one time i did semi get hit because a bunch of people like surrounded me and we're like who who did it who did it who Who did that who hit the female who hit the female and it was an accidental situation and it it wasn't bad at all and but it's that's a community that's got to be affected about how they think about exactly how they express their love for music exactly well that was a hard story to tell thank you for listening of course take all things into account with this one quite a story a good good job on it excellent thank you well your two blunt casters are very tired and we've had a big evening so we're gonna wrap it up now and we're gonna tell you that we we love you big love you big gonna hit the tea bell y'all have a great week we're gonna hit some taco bell double contract supreme quesarito not sponsored not sponsored yet mm-hmm.